Man, the Andrew Wiggins rumor is a wild one. LeBron James won't be helping the Lakers climb out of the play-in, and Damian Lillard knows when to stop trying. I'm Rosa Panthers, the Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the two hooligans with me, JJ. How you living, my friend? Woo, feeling good, feeling great. How are you guys? Man, I'm feeling good. John, how you living, my friend? Hey, can't complain, man. It's Monday, but let's get it. Dude, we got to start with our first story here. It has to do with Andrew Wiggins. And it started last week. Paul Pierce dropped a bomb tweet. And he said, please, tell me that Andrew Wiggins' rumor isn't true. And for some background here, Andrew Wiggins is currently the boyfriend of Michael Johnson. And they have two daughters together. And they've been together since their university days. The eldest born was born in 2018. And the youngest came at 2021. And... This is the rumor that started to spread like wildfire. Apparently, Andrew Wiggins found out he was cheated on with his best friend on Valentine's Day. And that's already like pretty like serious and harsh, but that wasn't the full extent of the rumor. According to a TikTok account, it was said that Andrew Wiggins' um, children aren't even his and that he's been raising his best friend's kids this entire time. Really heavy stuff. Michael Johnson um, herself got on Twitter and basically said this is all untrue. The internet is a really sick place. Literally the farthest thing from the truth that you could get. I want your guys' takes on what you guys think of this rumor, how it started, and also just kind of the state of like social media in general around the NBA. Again, I just first state that Paul Pierce has the do better man really responsible to even tweet that to his followers and breathe in life of a random account that has no validity whatsoever no credibility last week paul pierce you just called out the internet saying that oh i didn't need to take a dump during the lakers and celtics final yes dude And then you're gonna come at uh Andrew Wiggins and then even if it was true like just to retweet it it's it's crazy man like the internet is it's supposed to be a place of information John but this is the stuff that me and you and Jun I think all three of us could agree it's just the sick it's a twisted place and that's where education comes all about like people need to be educated they need to know the power and Paul Pierce you gotta do better man Kind of whack for you to do that. Really whack, actually. I'm going to just say that. Yeah, I mean, I was, I'm was. i trying to gather my thoughts because it's so... Ugh, I, I, I hate this, to be honest with you guys, because... Well, first of all, you're right, JJ. Paul Pierce needs to do better. But... This is Paul Pierce we're talking about here. <laughs> this is the same Paul Pierce <laughs> that on video was smoking cigars, hanging out with exotic dancers at his house, playing oh, poker. I forgot about this. And was shocked. I think he was said he was shocked that he got fired from ESPN. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. For someone to do something like that, I am not surprised that he is reaching these levels of irresponsibility and and quite frankly a lack of self-awareness right i mean you have to know that in this day and age in 2023 by tweeting something like this you are going to spawn a lot of people 
to retweet, to start believing the rumor, to start saying all of these things. And to me, it's just like, you have to do better, Paul Pierce. Like, this is not okay. This is, this is We're talking about someone's life here, right? You're talking about Andrew Wiggins, and we don't even know what's going on with him. And, and honestly, I'm glad that he's able to keep this, this situation private because it's none of our business. I get it. As fans, some people feel entitled because they're paying all this money, they're watching these games, these players are getting paid millions of dollars. But these are people too. And I am going to say that people need to chill out. I mean, like, yes, I get it. These are privileged players. They make a lot of money. They, they do it to play a game. But that doesn't excuse, that still doesn't take away from the fact that Andrew Wiggins is a person. He's a human being. And he honestly, like, if this happened to you, if this happened to me, how would you feel? I mean, this is crazy to me. Like, he's probably going through something serious. I, and TikTok, come on, dude. <laughs> like of all places where you would get a rumor from Seriously. wikipedia is probably has more credibility than tiktok does so this is all like big fat l's all across the board and paul pierce man as if i didn't despise you already being a celtic so there's that paul pierce your your nickname is literally the truth true and you don't know how to do research like this is horrible things dude like i don't even know how even thought to even tweet that out there like this isn't your personal account like where it's just between you and the homies you know it's not like you're you're sending this to a private group message you're sending this to the world to millions and millions of followers so he's got to be like more careful about this it's so stupid and also to the whatever tiktok account sick tiktok account that made up this rumor just for clout oh man i sometimes i hate social media but anyway i'm gonna take us to the next topic here there was some expectation that LeBron James would actually return this season to help the Lakers potentially get out of the play-in seating and into the sixth seed or higher. And this has become increasingly less likely. And it seems like that LeBron James is actually set to return at the start of play-in or playoffs. Right now, the Lakers are out of the play-in with um, the Kings defeating, or sorry, the Kings losing to the Utah Jazz. John, I don't know what to think about your Lakers right now. Are you still hopeful that the Lakers are going to reach play-in status? Maybe just it's just me, but I feel like LeBron James is, with every loss, his injury gets worse. And then with every win, he starts to feel a little bit better. I know that sounds, that's very slander. That's, that's the ultimate slander for the team that I root for on a, on a, consistent basis but i don't know I, i'm hearing conflicting reports right i hear some people say that he's not close and then you hear darvin ham saying he expects him to play again this season and there's only 10 games left so to me that's close i mean it, we know what i mean like not close to me is not playing at all this year right but there's only 10 games left and these are the most critical 10 games that you know of this year of this season Literally one game can be the difference between not even making the play-in or it being the or making the play-in, not making the play-in, or even being in the playoffs. That's how close these standings are. And to me, I don't know what to believe anymore, but you just gotta go with the guys that you have on the on the court, right? You gotta roll with what you have, you gotta roll with the punches, and there's ten games left, so put up or shut up. That's the bottom line to me. It's how bad do you want it? And I don't know gonna be close man i know the lakers are 11th they dropped to 11th today as of tonight 
So I'm hopeful, but at the same time, I, again, do or die. So, yeah, what do you just, think, Jay? I think LeBron James could just follow what Steph did last year, which Steph came back for the Denver Nuggets for the first round and just sat on the bench as the six man came in and did his thing. Just as long as, like what John said, the Lakers get in the play-in, they're all good. But the contingent thing is all these games, the next 10 games, each game matters. So you're essentially are playing playoff games, John. Good Hopefully point. the Lakers, AD, you got your boy Reeves playing well. If they could go ahead and come through and win the next few games, They'll be good. LeBron James could come back like what Steph did last year and just ease his way into the playoffs. I think it's absolutely inexplicable that the Lakers sat Anthony Davis on a back-to-back when he wasn't even injured. And they ended up losing to the Rockets. To me, that's gross mismanagement. And I cannot believe they did that. You gotta win your... It's crazy to me. Especially against the Rockets where the probability of success for you to win is high. Should have capitalized on that. Well, that's probably part of the reason why they they benched him because they thought the probability was high to win that game without him playing, which is bad logic because the Rockets ended up winning. Right. <laughs> Clearly. Right. Well, hindsight is 2020 though. So I'm I'm gonna go through the the rest of the season. Okay. And I'm I want you guys to alternate on answering whether or not you guys think it's a win or a loss. Okay. Go ahead. So John, I'm gonna start with you. Phoenix. Yeah. I think that's a win because KD's out, and I think uh, Aiden is doubtful. Okay, C. That's you, Jay. We'll go win. Chicago. I hate saying this. Damn you, Patrick Beverly! But I think I'm that's going to be an L. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. They're they're at Chicago for a back to back. So John, I'll I'll have you answer both. Okay. Chicago's first game. Chicago's the the game. Chicago, Chicago, and then they play Chicago. No, are they both away? Oh, sorry, it's at home and then away. Okay, sorry. So then I'm gonna say the Lakers win at home and then they lose on the road. Okay, so we're splitting. Okay, Minnesota at Minnesota, JJ. They'll win. Lakers at Houston. Win. At Utah. I think that's a trap game. I think they might lose. Adelaide or at, at Clippers. I, I it, just by principle alone, I can. Rather, I have to say it's a home game. It's even a home if game. I think, even if I think they're gonna lose, I'm gonna say win. Okay. Okay. Home home against Phoenix. Home against Phoenix. Oh man, I'm gonna say they'll win that one. Okay. Well, KD might be back for that one though, so. Home against keep Utah. Your, keep your W. Uh, home against Utah. That's the last yes. game yeah. of the season. Last game. Oh, that's a win. That's a win. Dang. I, I mean, if they go, if they go eight and two, was it eight and two? What we said? You guys predicted eight and two. Okay. <laughs> that would well. be absolutely wild, and they would absolutely be be in the play. And let's see if that actually happens for John's Los Angeles Lakers. I'm going to take us to our next topic here. Mario Chalmers was on the In Shambles podcast, and he had this to say. He said, nobody fears Braun. 
Nobody's like, dang, I got to go play against Braun tonight. Nobody said that. I don't know why, because I've seen people be scared when they actually line up to him, but they're not scared thinking about that matchup. What do you guys like? Do you guys think that there's some truth to what Mario Chalmers is saying or like, where is this coming from? JJ, what, what, what do you think? You are a hate. Uh, I watched <laughs> LeBron James against the Warriors game seven, 2016 finals on Father's Day. Mm -hmm. And I was scared. <laughs> I think yeah. we saw when we saw LeBron take over um, game six against the Celtics with the Heat. Was that 2012? I should have struck strike fair new. When you see LeBron yeah. basically score 28 points for as a Cavalier against that star-studded Pistons, that should have scared you. I think Mario Chalmers is just coming coming out as a hater, man. Not a good look for him. I think it's funny though, because they're teammates, and I would th you would think that he's trying to uh, protect his legacy as a Miami Heat member of those championships. But uh, maybe there's some bitterness towards LeBron James because uh, all those videos of uh, LeBron James yelling at Chalmers, like, that's his little, little brother. <laughs> John, what do you think? So I'm trying to remember if LeBron James was still on the Heat in 2015 when they, they traded Chalmers to the Grizzlies because... Maybe this is the root of cause of all of this hater raid here. <laughs> LeBron got him traded. Was was LeBron on the Heat in 2015, or was? I feel like he might yes. have been, right? You know, he was. That was, with that the, was, that was, was the last the year. Yeah, he, he was, was with the Cavs. Cavs. He was with yeah. Cavs. Okay, okay, never mind. I I stand corrected. So that's not the reason. But on, okay, I will say this honestly. I think overall, if you're looking at this the landscape of how the NBA is today. I think this is true because of how players fraternize with each other, how they're mm. friendly off the court, how they're chummy, how they, because if you think about, and you, we're all old school guys, right? We, we like the old school rough, like hard fouls, no blood, no foul type of mentality. And those guys, they weren't friends with each other, right? They were, they literally hated each other the, the competition, the rivalries were a lot thicker and a lot stronger back in the day than they are than they are now. There there are still some rivalries, there's still some like bad blood between players. But I think because of of LeBron James being friends with he daps up all of these players from different teams. He probably, you know, they, all these players hang out with each other. They do things and the, they they work out in the off season. I think it's a lot harder to be afraid of your competition when you do those things off the court. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right, and so for me, that's kind of where I think he has a point. But I don't think I think Chalmers is coming from the angle that nobody fears LeBron. Not under those circumstances, they just don't fear him because he's a different type of player than Kobe or or, or, Jor or Jordan, which may be true. But at the same time, like where is this coming from? Anytime somebody brings up LeBron James out of nowhere, and you haven't heard about this player in years, to me, it's like clout, clout chasing. So. Again, while I do think he has a point, I don't think there's a reason for him to bring this up. Unless he was asked, which I'm not sure if that was the case here. 
It just makes me think that like my Mario Chalmers isn't part of like LeBron James like inner circle or like never was <laughs> because if he was, I don't think he'd be talking like this about LeBron James because the truth is, is that no one know would remember who Mario Chalmers was if it wasn't for those championships with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Like that's yeah. just matter of fact, you yeah. know, like he's not, a, he's not an, an all-star. He's not an all NBA player. He never was. He wasn't good on defense. I don't know. JJ, go ahead. This interview, June, with um, in the in the Shambles uh, in Shambles podcast, he even like revealed. You know how him and LeBron had that scuffle on the bench. Yes. Where like LeBron got up super quick. He said that he called LeBron a a little um, female dog. <laughs> he said, "You're oh, you're man. a superstar. Don't act like a little dog." So it's like, you know, like little like information like that. You're part of this fraternity of like brothers who played in the NBA. You're supposed to protect that bond, especially with your teammates. And then you're going to go reveal that on a podcast. I don't know. Like John said, I feel like it's a uh, cop chasing for sure. Yeah, it, I feel like Mario Chalmers wouldn't even be in the NBA if he didn't hit that uh, that three in the in the champ NCAA championship. <laughs> against the memphis tigers <laughs> that's probably true but actually we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsor Hold up. the biggest tournament in college basketball is underway and the action is just getting started on DraftKings sportsbook one of america's top rated sportsbook apps right now new customers can bet just five dollars on any pregame money line bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets if your team wins download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and sign up with code tbpn right now new customers can bet 500 dollars on any pregame money line bet and get 150 dollars in bonuses bets if your team wins only at DraftKings sportsbook with code tbpn minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details all right boys we're gonna keep this rolling with the Lakers here. We're going to talk about Austin Reeves. Both the Lakers and Reeves camp have interest in Reeves re-signing with Los Angeles. According to multiple sources, the max the Lakers can offer Reeves is four for 50 million or 50.8 million if they choose to use his early bird rights. But they also have the power to match any contract he signs with another team. And I wanted to ask you guys, or I'm going to give you guys some more information here. There's players with like similar contracts like Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard signed like four for 56. Markel Foltz signed three for 50. Devontae Graham, four for, for 47. Malcolm Brognan, um, actually no, not that one. Um, let's see here. Landry Samet signed four for 42. Do you guys kind of think that Austin Reeves is like right in that sweet spot? Like with those players, or do you guys think that Austin Reeves should actually be worth more? Ooh, that's a great question, man. That is a uh, great question. I'll, I'll go first since John is more of the connoisseur of the Lakers. I feel Austin Reeves kind of fits that role that Caruso had a few years ago as a fan favorite. But instead of with defense, Austin Reeves is really a G on offense. Right now, he has the highest true shooting percentage of any guard in the league, which is saying a lot. And the fans just love him. And 
we talked this we talked about this before the the pod but the the dude has high IQ. He makes the right basketball plays at the right time. He knows when to pass. He knows how to drive to the basket. Shown last night when he went double digits in free throws and he even scored 35. So when you have a, a role player who has moments when he scores 35 or he scores just 10, I think that's actually a good thing because he knows when to pass the ball, he knows when to take over and he knows what play is right at that time and uh, has anyone I don't know if they say this a lot John but does he has he coined the term AR-15 like he has not no no Linko's AK-47 because no I know it's like tone deaf <laughs> to say that but I think that's pretty 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 bad I would like that AR-15. I would like that but I don't, I don't what, what I don't about think Hill- coined it what about Hillbilly Kobe? Hillbilly Kobe, yeah. Is that that's the dope. one? Yeah, that's that not dope. the one. No, that ain't it, dude. Whatever. Whoever, yeah. whoever uh, coined that was probably the same user of the TikTok who started the Andrew Wiggins stream. <laughs> so it was nicknameless. So, is that what you're telling Nick- us? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, dang. Okay. On, no, honestly, like, I think he's he could probably demand more, but I think he likes LA. He probably has a home, you know, he started hanging out he has friends there he probably just is comfortable in la and you you know you don't want to get up and, and and move and go to a different city and state like generally that's just a lot of work so if he can get around that range if he was asking for i think the lakers should definitely give it to him for all the reasons that jj stated and look just because austin reeves looks like your local accountant for your local business <laughs> across the street does not mean he does not have the dog in him because i remember do you remember that game against the mavericks where he got with he got into it with josh green yeah. i love it man this guy has the he has the, that dog in him and like jj said he is he is slick on offense and he can handle the ball he can distribute he can he got much better at shooting he has a mid-range game he can hit the three so i think he is literally if you're looking at that list that you mentioned Ro, with luke Kennard and landry shaman those guys are like kind of not one-dimensional they don't have that full skill set that austin reeves has shown to display this year and honestly if he continues to improve on that I think four to fifty, four for fifty million is going to end up being a bargain that we're going to talk about in the next year or two. You're going to look at him and be like, "Dude, this guy's averaging," I like, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could be averaging like sixteen and eight. You know what I mean? And like sixteen, eight, and four or something like that. I think that's those are reasonable numbers. And for to get that for what is that like twelve point five million a year? To me, that's a great deal. So if I think. Austin Reeves is one of those guys on my on my list of the Lakers that I think they should definitely prioritize in keeping. Um, but that's just me. I am absolutely with you. I'm I'm on the Austin Reeves hype train. I think that Austin Reeves also fits alongside LeBron James perfectly. He does all the things that you would want someone next to LeBron James to do. So if LeBron James is going to be here for like the foreseeable future or at least the next two or three years i think you gotta lock up austin reeves for this cheap contract because after this year i mean i i would see this contract going upwards to at least like 60 or 70 mil and 50 mil seems like a bargain like you were saying earlier i'm gonna take us to our next topic here dylan brooks he stays on the podcast every episode it seems like (laughs) But he gets his 18th technical. 
he basically jammed over Kleber, Kleba, uh, when they were facing against the Mavs, and then he started to do like this dance, like the sh the Steph Curry shimmy dance as is like backing away to the other side of the court, but he was staring right at the Mavs bench as he was doing it, and the ref felt like that was worth a technical foul. Now, you know, as of Monday, March 20th, the league has not reviewed this to, to say that this was a legitimate technical foul. Do you guys think that this technical should have been, um, I guess, called or this technical would be well deserved? Because with this 18 technical, he would end up missing a game. He would end up missing. Yeah, he would miss a game. What do you guys think? <laughs> I can't start. I'll start this one. Should have been assessed. Should he have been given a tech, given a technical? Well, I think anytime Dylan Brooks Dan steps on the court, he should be given a technical. Just for anytime he's in his pregame when he shows up in denim shorts like he's Stone Cold Steve Austin, I absolutely rip dem denim shorts, mind you. I definitely think he should be suspended. No, I I don't give him technicals. I mean, like I didn't watch the clip. I haven't seen it. But it's just clown activity, man. And like, it's getting old. It's getting old quick. I know you guys feel a certain way about it, especially since he clowned on the Warriors as much as possible and, you know, got into it with Clay. But he's been doing that with every single team. And he's, he's just clown activity. You know what I mean? And it's bulletin board material for a lot of teams. And I, I just hate the fact that players feel the need to talk smack it's like when you're down 25 points in a game and you make us like a poster dunk and you start talking smack but you're down 25 points i hate that like you back it up i get it you won the game but what have you really done what has your team done nothing you've lost in the playoffs year after year after year so until you prove it to us that you can actually win when it matters and win things that are actually valid or things that people care about, not just a regular season game, then you have the right to talk. But until then, quit being a clown. So for me, I, he deserves the technical. And I think, yeah, like you said, he'll be suspended. And, you know, it's not the playoffs, so it doesn't really, to me, it's like inconsequential. But at the same time, I don't think he's going to, don't get me wrong. I don't think Dylan Brooks is going to change his behavior. I think he's going to continue being Dylan Brooks. That's who he is. He likes being a clown. And so, you know what? Give him big floppy shoes and a red, bright red nose. I don't know. <laughs> Should he receive that 18th technical while trying to imitate Michael Jackson? The broke-ass version on, <laughs> at the flea market? Probably not. That, that's questionable. But I will say he should get suspended for pushing the cameraman. Yes. And the, the cameraman, they're, they're, there's reports now that the cameraman suffered injuries. Those cameras are heavy, mm -hmm. number one. But number two, it's like, dude, why are you that push to the cameraman? It's like, what are you doing, man? Are, are you okay? Do you need a hug? Do you need <laughs> someone to say, I love you? Like, it's just like when people act up like that, it's just like, man, what's going on? Like, you get, I know, like, money isn't everything, but you would think that you're playing a child's game, the game that you grew up in, you're getting paid millions, that your attitude would be better. There's one thing to talk smack, to be a, to play the bully third ball, but I don't know. I don't like that. I don't, I don't like 
that showed his character by pushing a cameraman like come on man that's that's hella weak whoa you're a big man now you're gonna push a guy that weighs 80 pounds less than you that's 20 years older and his job is to make you look good on the court by re- by filming you dylan brooks punk ass move for punk ass player <laughs> he's uh he's like a broke he's like a broke ass dennis rodman <laughs> yes very broke minus the winning it's just so crazy because i don't think in any other world we would be talking about dylan brooks if it wasn't for his antics because we definitely wouldn't talk about him because of his basketball play right like he would not make the podcast and like this is the only way that he could stay relevant it just sucks that he's also playing for a memphis team that has seemed to like kind of lose its way this like this year this league does need a villain though yeah i love it so the fact that he's there adds a lot more emotional stake in every single memphis game so that's the part that I do like, but I do not like what JJ, what you brought up, the whole like pushing cameraman. That just seems unnecessary, man. At least at least check on the guy. Punk has moved. Yeah, man. Dude, it does add like you're you're right though. I like it does add a level of uh drama, right? To the league. It adds a storyline. But I it's cool when the villain is somebody who's a star or someone who is just a ball, like Kevin Durant. When he joined the Warriors, that was a cool storyline. Right? <laughs> we all hated him. Uh, I know you two loved him, but we hated him. I'll be honest. And like you want to see villains like that, right? But Dylan yeah. Brooks will have to sell for you, I guess. I I want to see villains related to to the to the game, not this extracurricular crap. And like yeah. you're bringing attention to the Grizzlies while your homies uh, in uh, counseling. I don't know. Kind of. Kind of not smart. Yeah, to. yeah. I, I, okay, <laughs> you you guys prove your point. I'm agreeing with you guys instead of what I just said. But I'm gonna take us to our next topic here, Damian Lillard. So let's talk about like the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard. The Portland Trailblazers are currently, oh man, they're 13th in the West, and this is a team that was still trying, right? They are 31 and 40. I want to say that they are probably the worst team in the league that was still trying for play in seeding. And Dame Lillard had this to say post game. He said, we pretty much fallen out of the race for the 10th spot. I love to play. I love the competition and I haven't been ready to give that up. But it does, but it does come to a point in time when do you stop putting your competitive nature out Oh, sorry. When when you stop putting your competitive nature out front. Sorry about that. So this is like a very weird quote by Damian Lillard where it sounds like the competitive nature is almost dying within him because of this season. What do you guys think about this quote from Dane? Oh, it's uh, John, I think it's he has a point, but it's really depressing, man. Like, I don't think us three would ever hear our basketball role models say something like this. I think all, I think each and every single player that we love to watch or have, like, love to watch, they would play to the end, whether their team is losing or not, whether the record was crappy or not. Like, 
I know for John, those uh, mid 2000 years with Kobe when Shaq left, Kobe went out and he just kept balling, even though like his team was really, really bad. You know, we had we had Steph、uh, two years ago when they barely made the play in, but I guess it's hard to say when you're playing with Kelly Oubre, who doesn't know how to play. Right, <laughs> like Dame, Dame, essentially, like he he's been June. You said this loyal to the soil, and hey, does this pose the ethical question of loyalty is overrated? And John brought up a good point before the pod too. Like, if the organization doesn't treat its employees like Dame. They don't treat him right. If they don't even treat the announcers, the play-by-play game announcers, right, by not even hiring them for the road, I know there was a contract dispute. Does that make you question the Blazers? Like the Blazers management put Dame in a position where he had to even say this out loud, with surrounding him with this talent for all these years, and now people are not putting respect to Dame's name. And maybe it's Dame's fault, but I don't know. It's very disappointing from a top seventy-five player to even say that. But I could see his point, which is sad. Yeah, I mean, like, I I actually kind of appreciate the the real in this comment, right? Because he's not sugarcoating it. He's he's you know he's being real about the Blazers falling out of the tenth spot, which they have. Not mathematically, but if we're being honest, they're probably not going to hit that ten spot unless they go on a crazy run and win ten in a row. And one of the things that I've thought about that I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on is, given what Dame has been saying when he was asked about the ring, the ring-centered focus in the NBA, and how he's kind of he doesn't love the NBA like he used to, and then this comment comes out, I'm starting to question his. Is it possible that Dame just is falling out of love for the game as it pertains to the NBA? And is he? Are we? Are we get seeing signs of him potentially giving that up early? And maybe that's an over,、uh, you know, an over exaggeration or being a little dramatic on my end. But some of these comments are kind of lining up, you know, back to back to back, saying that he's he's kind of just. Going through the motions, or he's lukewarm about this stuff, and so I guess that's the bigger question I pose to you guys. What do you think about my my thoughts there? Is that is that a little premature, or do you think that there's there might be some validity to that? I think there's absolutely some validity to that because you don't hear players talking like this even ever. Like not like they they will fight all the way to the end, or they'll keep it to themselves to, to say this out loud like in public. Is kind of alarming.、Um, mm-hmm. Also, like last week when he was talking about ring culture and stuff like that, he also mentioned how how he doesn't think about you know rings or wins or like how his legacy is going to be. He goes home, he plays like video games, spends time with his kids. He has a good core. Like he was talking about stuff outside of basketball, and it just seems like it's kind of disappointing because it seems like. The Blazers have been doing so poor of a job taking care of Dame Lillard that he is now just like there's better things than basketball, which is which is also true. But you also want to see him win. Yeah, you. Yeah, 
You have to play with love. Phil Jackson always said that. Steve Kerr learned that from Phil Jackson, and the Warriors play with love. I know Mike Brown. That's his mantra too. Like play with love. This is a this is an analogy that I think a lot of youngsters could resonate with, which is like when you suck at something, you don't enjoy it. It's like the first few months when you get a video game and you you keep like Call of Duty, you keep dying. You hate the game, or when you play Madden, you hate the game. It's not until you win is when you start enjoying. And Dame sounds like like a one of those teenagers that when you're not winning or you're not good at that particular game or new hobby, and you making up you make up things that like make up excuses why that hobby or game sucks. Like, oh. I don't care about rings. <laughs> yeah, you know, or like, oh, like, uh, wins don't matter. You know who? You know who never said that? Jordan never yeah. said that. Kobe never said that. LeBron kind of said that until he won his fourth ring. Steph never said that, and Giannis has never said that. So I, it's just I don't I, know. I feel bad for Dame, dude. But you guys see what I mean? I didn't even want to play Call of Duty. Yeah. I like Fortnite better. <laughs> but, like, this puts this puts the Blazers in like an interesting spot though. Like Dame Lillard, okay, he's he's getting paid forty two million this year, but by twenty twenty five, he's gonna be making like almost sixty million. So they're kind of put in this spot where they're like they still have like Jeremy Grant, he's looking pretty good. Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp looks good as well. But I don't think this all fits like within Dame Lillard's timeline. What's the percentage you guys think that Dame Lillard may be traded or requests a trade this coming off season? Like percentage wise, John, what do you think? It, my percentage depends on one thing. Ask me after whenever the NBA draft lottery decisions is and if the blazers get number one then i'm gonna say that there's a zero percent chance that the blazers trade <laughs> dame but anything other than that i'm gonna go with like 65 percent. i still think they're gonna be loyal to him and i think he's gonna be loyal they're gonna be loyal to him and i think he's gonna be loyal to them as well but you know you never say never but i think it's kind of i think it's pretty high honestly i think if the blazers get the right mix of picks young prospects and maybe another french star all-star um i think the blazers might bite jj what do you think don't keep dame because he sells seats i'll say that once chauncey billups not that i'm asking for his firing but if they do he needs to get fired first before they trade dame yeah. And I know that Rip City has already, like, they're all up in arms with Chauncey Billups. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, what a turn of a season because the first, like, 15 games of the season, they were, like, the first seed, and now they're absolutely, like, dead last according to teams that are, like, actually still trying this season. But that's all we have for tonight's pod. I want to thank you, too, for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you all. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you. Shout out to Sammy in Hawaii, man. Must shout be nice. Out. Shout out to Sammy. And of course, shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.